Welcome to Hostel Homies, a podcast focused on the best parts of backpacker culture. I'm your host, Joe Glasgow. Each week I sit down with a new guest, ranging from the people I meet while I'm abroad to professionals who work in the travel industry. Listen along as they share hilarious and inspiring travel stories, unparalleled recommendations on where to go, and tips for seeing the world on a budget. For Hostel Homies, it's all about the journey, the destination, and the people you meet along the way. Hello, Hostel Homies. This episode is sponsored by Hammock. Hammock is the social media platform for hostels, connecting you with other travelers nearby. Download now on the App Store or Google Play and join the network today. Hostel Homies, the guest today has studied in Rome. He has worked at a brewery in Scotland. He's managed a weed farm in Northern California. He's gone to Tokyo. Joining me today is a good friend of mine, from the USA, from the great city of Portland, Oregon, Will Thompson. I, I transferred after, after my first year at another university. And mm-hmm. so when I went to John Cabot, everyone kind of had some traction. Mm-hmm. So they had no reluctance when it came to traveling around. And that's what really shifted me into gear, is the fact that someone could be like, oh yeah, I think we're going to go to like Paris next weekend. Because tickets are like $30. Like so casually, <laughs> right? You know, we grew up in Portland, Oregon, yeah. where if someone said like, yeah, I think I might go to Paris this weekend. You're like, oh, oh my God. What? What a big trip for you. Yeah, this is a huge deal. It was just said so casually. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think I might go to Paris, but like, I don't know. Tickets to Vienna are also like pretty cheap. So I might go there instead. It was just crazy. It was bonkers to me. Vienna? You just, I don't know, you think about the Billy Joel song and you, you think about Austria in general and you're just like, what? We can just go there? It's one of my go-to karaoke songs. Of course. Yeah. It's, the, it's one of the best songs. I have like a move during the song. What, what part is it? So, like, you got your passion, you got your pride. Like, when he says, you got your passion, I, I have a kick. The, when you're saying I, passion, I the leg starts going up and then pride is when you really let the kick out. Yeah, exactly. You hit the nail on the head. It's like a whole thing. That's the beauty of karaoke is you can always do a kick. Have you done international karaoke before? Yeah, actually, I, I did karaoke in Japan, which is the trip that I'd like to talk about today. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's start with the karaoke part and we can work our way back. Damn, what a nice, what a nice segue. Gotcha. Yeah, I just, I met some people at a bar in, in Rapungi, which is a neighborhood in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. This is, I think, my second night in Tokyo. And this person spoke English. And they, he's super into, into karaoke, so we went to his very, very karaoke bar. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody else was there. It was just me, the person that I met at this bar, and then the bartender, who was just the sweetest woman. Mm-hmm. The sweetest, most cryptic woman that I've ever met. <laughs> I couldn't. How so in the cryptic way? I don't know. Like, none of my answers were straight. Like, I spent like half the time thinking I was like part of a ruse. Because, you know, like you're always on edge when you're traveling. You mm-hmm. feel like you might be walking into like a, like a tourist trap. Yeah, 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 sure. In the back of your head, you're always wondering if it was that. It wasn't that. It was just a really, really nice place that happened to be empty that night. But I sang, I sang Vienna. I sang Sunny Day by, uh, by the Kinks. Nice. 
That was another. That's a, another one of my top top karaoke. That's songs. almost like a deep cut for karaoke, or at least for Japanese karaoke. I'd, I'd think. Yeah, they had a very impressive selection. That's what sold me. <laughs> Honestly, I had kind of forgotten about that. You just brought that memory back to the surface. That's, what, that's why we're doing it. That's I, why we do this. I love that. Hell yeah, man. I mean, I have notes. I have notes next to me. I, I wrote out some of my favorite parts of the trip, and, and that didn't even make the cut because I'd forgotten about it. Dude, this is my this is my favorite part about the podcast is that these old random memories will will be jogged back into your brain. I'm so happy that you reminded me of that Good. experience. That's yeah. awesome. I'm happy to do it. So you did some karaoke. Let's talk about when you first got out there because I feel like that has got to be even for someone who's traveled as much as you, Japan has got to be a big culture shock uh, from the U.S. Well, it was a lot. Yeah. It was just a lot. The first thing, I bought the flight the night before, mm-hmm. right? And it was the last seat on the plane for whatever reason. Like, it just worked out, and it was like an affordable ticket. Yep. So I bought the ticket. The next morning, I left. Uh, I got there. Super difficult to get to my little capsule hotel. <laughs> um, I just, I guess I assumed that everyone everywhere speaks English, mm-hmm. which is a super, like... I don't know, I guess exocentric thing to think, but... It's kind of like a classic U.S. thing to think. I, I do the same thing, though. I, I just assume that I can get by, at least, without. It's just been true for so many different places and yep. for so long, I guess. Um, but I just, I wrote out the address to the taxi driver, and I got there. It was amazing. Uh, it, the capsule hotel is, you guessed it, a capsule hotel. Yeah, You're so are you just saying, in little pods? Yeah, it's like a little coffin. Um, <laughs> I guess that's like the shape. It's just the shape of a body almost, right? Like three feet wide, uh, seven feet long, and like two and a half, three feet tall. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you don't have a lot of room, which is perfect, right? Because it kind of prompts you to spend most of your time out and about exploring and meeting people anyways. I like that way of looking at it. Well, I mean, that's why I like staying at, like, cheaper hostels, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not going to a new country to to spend time in a hostel or a hotel, <laughs> yeah. right? You don't, you don't need to be sitting in bed all day. Yeah. That's not why you're going there. Right. You're going there to experience the culture and, like, get out and meet people. So if the place that you're staying pushes you to do that, that's okay in my book. That's the best advertisement for hostels in general I've ever heard in oh, my yeah. life. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> I think it's true, though. Oh, but it was great. I stayed in a wonderful neighborhood, Akasaka. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my itinerary was planned out from a friend that I that I made in Rome. Uh, she was born and raised in in Tokyo, mm-hmm. and she put me in touch with her brother, which was. How do you feel about cursing on on your podcast? I say, fucking go for it. It was fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. It was fucking insane. It was just unreal. This was another Tokyo local her brother was? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, more than a local. He's like a Japanese celebrity. Really? And I had no idea. I knew that he was in news. Mm-hmm. He's, a new, he's a broadcaster, yeah. like, like a news anchor. I just had no idea. And like, this is on my third day, right? I had mm-hmm. met like a few friends. I'd gone to like a few bars and like, like met the communities there. And then I took my new friend to those places, and I'll never forget these experiences. 
we'd walk in and be like, hey, I'd like to introduce you to my friend. And they'd say, yeah, no, we know. <laughs> yeah, this is a popular, it's a very well-known person. And they gave me that look that just kind of suggests like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> and it's just like, it's happenstance, you know? It's, like, it's total happenstance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're just like, yeah, no, I know who this is because he <laughs> reads me the news every night. And uh, like, in America, we have... Like very localized news mm -hmm. stations, right? Like even in Portland, we've got like you know, like five or six, right? Yeah. Whatever. Well, in Japan, like I think they have like six. This guy was like the Walter Cronkite of Japan. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like everybody knew who he was. It was crazy. <laughs> it, was, it was it was fucking bonkers. It blew my mind. I love I love that because if you were back in the U.S., like yo, you guys know my boy Walter, and everyone's like, yeah, no, yeah, he <laughs> reads. You read the news to all of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we know him well. And it took me like the second place that I took him to be like, oh, right. Okay. I'm starting to get it. To I, just, it I thought the first time was just a weird experience. <laughs> <laughs> they were just like old, like, I don't know, like elementary school friends years or something. <laughs> they were, were all excited at that to bar. See yeah. 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 So you got to go around Tokyo with a Tokyo celebrity. A Japan celebrity. Even more broad than Tokyo, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm so unashamed to say that I just name-dropped him. Like, <laughs> in other places that I went in Japan, they're like, oh, no shit, that's tight. <laughs> that's your guy. <laughs> yeah. Do you, uh, do you remember his name? Yeah, I might as well say it. It's uh, Hasen Kuniyama. Okay. Hasen is, like, fantastic. Mm -hmm. He's so nice. He's so down-to-earth. He showed me an amazing time. What was the, what was the night out with, with him like? It was cool. Um, we went to a place in Roppongi. Which is, it's like the party neighborhood of, of Tokyo. Like that and Shibuya are the two party neighborhoods. Nice. And w when you see those like classic shots of Tokyo, like the crazy intersections where it looks like two, two armies are colliding in the middle of a road. Just like, but it's really just people crossing the street. Mm -hmm. That's Shibuya. It's okay. insane. So many people. And I've been at Times Square. It's just, it, it. It pales in comparison. Really? Yeah, it's unreal. But it's great. We went to this really, really nice outdoor bar restaurant, and it's Tokyo, so everything looks amazing and everything is immaculately clean. Yeah, like there was a like a like a lit up waterfall, not a real waterfall, but like a simulated waterfall, like cascading down this like this like seemingly black cliff. We were outside of like at a picnic table. Um, Smirnoff ices. So is, is many, that what you're drinking? So many Smirnoff ices. Yeah. It was popular like, out there or just popular for, for your uh, celebrity buddy? I don't know. I mean, at the place that we were at, which is a very nice place, I think, I think super popular. Like, it was a big <laughs> thing. I think that was like one of the five options. No kidding. And they had two flavors. So two of the five options. <laughs> yeah. They didn't know it, but they were icing me, <laughs> left and right. What happened at your trip in uh, Tokyo? I just got iced the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And then I took him to a to a bar that I had found uh, a few nights prior, mm -hmm. and like this is like my favorite bar. I had no idea what it's called. I just like meandered around, and I I got the feeling that it's like a local favorite for traveling musicians, just because they had so many like signed records mm -hmm. and stuff on the walls. And the guy behind the bar was so cool. Oh my God. 
he spun like only vinyl records and he had the best selection and if you told him to play anything he'd just kick you right out in the spot <laughs> and it's a tiny bar it's like a yeah. tiny community that's the first time i went there and i wanted to take hasen there uh and i was with like a, like a, a few other friends that i that had made along the way uh including one that that i knew from new york who's now living in in tokyo oh cool and he was especially like how the fuck do you know hasen <laughs> <laughs> but i'm telling him like this is the coolest bar it's so amazing. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of scoffing at that. Like, yeah, you've been here for three days. Right, like you're trying to be the local tell, telling them what, but it actually was just that cool. Well, yeah, and I'm on this like wild goose chase saying like, I'm pretty sure it's down here. And it's not, but I'm pretty sure it's over there. Maybe it's down that other street that we passed. And I'm pretty sure they thought I was just making it up, but I found it. Yeah? Yeah, it just like materialized in front of us. Which neighborhood was this in? This is in Rapongi. Okay. Yeah, so if you're ever in Rapongi, just, I mean, meander around for a few hours and you'll find the best bar. I'm going to keep this in the edit and I'm going to say if anyone's listening and they know the name of this bar, please give a shout out to Hostel Homies or comment on the episode. And if we can, if we can track this down, whoever does it will be on, you know, a future episode or we'll get a shout out. People even told me when I was there the first time, or like, they're like, I can't believe you found this place. <laughs> How did you find this place? And it was just by stumbling upon it? Yeah, I was just like, I mean, that's the thing when you're traveling alone, mm-hmm. right? You're just meandering around until something catches your eye. And I just liked the vibe from outside, so I walked in and sat down and talked to the people next to me, which mm-hmm. takes a while. Yeah. And I don't know, we just hit it off. There's another friend that I made in... Tokyo that I will probably never forget and that's Craig Craig tell me about Craig not the name of someone you'd think you'd meet no. <laughs> in Tokyo but he's the manager of a bar mm-hmm. and he's amazing uh, this is in Akasaka the neighborhood that I was that I was uh, staying in mm-hmm. and the bar's name is Hobgoblin there are a few of them in in Tokyo this one is in Akasaka mm-hmm. and it's great it managed by Craig and I peered my head in and unbeknownst to me they were closing mm-hmm. but I called down like hey are you guys open and honestly like Hail Mary in, in <laughs> Tokyo like that's rarely ever going to get a response even if you're looking at someone in the eyes because yeah. they're going to be like wait what? <laughs> like no I don't speak English. I don't speak that <laughs> and he said in a Scottish accent oh yeah just come on down <laughs> and I'm like all right Turns out he had closed, but we just hung out in this bar for like, uh, probably like five, six hours. Oh, how cool is that? Until about four in the morning. You guys were just sitting there drinking beers? Yeah, hanging out, like shooting the shit. He was telling me about um, his life in Glasgow, where he's Mm -hmm. from, Mm -hmm. about his uh, kickboxing career in Thailand, uh, about music. He's an amazing drummer, and we, uh, we played some videos of him. Of him playing the drums in his band. It was crazy. We shot some pool. It was just unreal. Based on how you're describing him, it's funny when you travel, you tend to meet like the most interesting people. Like what you just described there, that, that yeah, that's the most interesting man. It feels like a dream. And I woke up the next morning being like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> is Craig real? Like what is this? Yeah. And then afterwards, uh, we, we went to like another bar in, at four in the morning. Mm. 
uh, we went to another bar in the neighborhood that was like specifically open for like bar managers or something. Like no one else was there. Okay. But you could kind of get that vibe from the interaction, like the greeting that Craig had with this person. Like, oh, yeah, it took me a while, but I'm here. Uh, nice. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> I was just along for the ride. I was buckled in, you know? You were Team Craig no matter what. I'm always going to be Team Craig. <laughs> Because Craig is also very formidable. It sounds like he had a very successful kickboxing career. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> oh, what a wild treat. It was just a wonderful night. Do you, uh, do you keep in contact with, with either Craig or remind me of the newscaster's name one more time? Hassan. Hassan. Um, I don't. I don't keep in touch with either of them. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I will see Hassan next time I go to Tokyo. Excellent. He's easy to track down. Um, Craig less so. He is just yeah. like a, a, an enigma wrapped in, in mystery <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Isn't that almost better? I, one of the things I like about traveling is that you meet someone and there's you can share like an incredible day or night with them. And there's a chance that you'll never see them again. And something about that mystery is intriguing and, and actually somewhat nice. Yeah, you always have to assume that. I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of the mind the mindset that you're in when you're traveling is like, I might never see this person again. Mm -hmm. And then there are these rare instances where you do see that person again. And that was the case with Yuko. So after Tokyo, I went down to Kyoto, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, well, I downloaded Tinder once I got to Japan Mm -hmm. because uh, here's a little travel hack. Download Tinder wherever (laughs) you go and just make your bio like, you know, like I'm new here. I don't really know where to go. Um, I'd love if you could just show me around. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what I did. And, and in, in the most true way, correct? Like you, you were honestly just looking for, for buddies to hang out with and someone to, to show you the city. Yeah, I met three people off of Tinder during my trip. You know, not one of those interactions was romantic. And that mm-hmm. was decided from the get-go. Like, I'm just looking for someone to like, show me around. I'm well, looking to make sweet. some friends. Yeah, I think, that's, I think that's like a great way to use that app. Yeah, it was amazing. So that's how I met Yuko, and she ended up showing me all around uh, Kyoto. She made sure that I tried all the tasty treats, like mm-hmm. all those tasty desserts that are just like, I don't know, like they're around every single corner in Kyoto. It's amazing. And Kyoto is the most like bustling, quaint, wonderful place. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It feels so old school Japan, or at least what I envisioned old school Japan would be like. Mm-hmm. But it's also a city. It's very like traditional, okay. right? You see geishas walking around, mm-hmm. um, which I mean, they're beautiful. Like they're they're very very elegant. Mm-hmm. And Yuko made it very very clear that you can't just like walk up and ask for a photo, or mm-hmm. like it's super uncouth to like walk up and just start talking to a geisha. Gotcha. Right, like they're they're revered, they're highly respected. You just gotta let them do their things. Um, but you see them walking around all over the place. And then Yuko also showed me around Osaka, which is great. So Nara and Osaka are are cities right outside of Kyoto. Okay. Like traveling around Japan is so so quick and painless. Mm-hmm. You get from from Kyoto to Nara and like. Like 45 minutes. They have incredibly fast trains out there, right? Yeah, they're incredibly fast. It takes mm-hmm. the same amount of time for me to get from Kyoto to another city as it takes for me to get from my home in Brooklyn to my, my work in Manhattan. <laughs> like door to door, it's the same amount of time. It's just... 
That's my blood. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Nara was kind of crazy, though. What was the vibe like in Nara? Deer. Lots of deer? Yeah, it's the deer park, and it's fucking insane. <laughs> One thing about my trip to Japan is the time difference is pretty much just like flipping the script. Mm -hmm. Your circadian rhythm is like, is like upside down. So I would wake up at like 3 in the morning. My mm -hmm. body would be like, hey, it's 2 p.m. You got to get up and do something. <laughs> and oftentimes I would just like get up and go like start my day. Because if you're going to like a beautiful like touristy place, if you get there like during the sunrise, no one else is going to be there and mm -hmm. it's going to be stunningly beautiful. Uh, I did that with this, this sh crazy shrine on top of a mountain in Kyoto. I also did it in Nara. It just didn't pan out well in Nara. <laughs> Why is that? Well, it's the deer park. Like these deer are everywhere, <laughs> right? And the whole thing is like you buy these little deer snackies and you feed them to the deer because they're deer snackies. Um, and they're so used to it because this place is flooded by tourists. Mm -hmm. And like, they're just, it's like a buffet for these deer every single goddamn day. They're living their best <laughs> lives, you know. But with my method of going there super early for the sunrise so that I could avoid the crowds, there was the same amount of deer in the park. But significantly less people. In fact, it felt like just me. It's so like, like all a of bunch these, of deer. Yeah, just like dozens and dozens, like literally multiple dozens of deer just converging on your point because you're a human. They fucking know you've got these snackies <laughs> and they're just not shy. You know, like they're nipping my butt. There are no snackies in my butt, but they know what pockets are and they know that there might be a snacky in there. It's so, so frightening. It's so hard to convey how frightening it was over this podcast, but it was kind of terrifying. You felt You're like you felt in danger, yeah. I'm the minority, you know, it's like, it's just like deer. It's just me and so many deer. And you're surrounded by them. Mm -hmm. It's not like you can walk away. It's not like you can run away. They're gonna chase you. They know you have snackies. And if you don't have snackies, they still think you have snackies. <laughs> It's crazy. They're, they're just nipping at you. You're surrounded by deer who are just like biting, <laughs> biting towards you. I yelped so many times. Honest, earnest yelps. How did you make it out safely? <laughs> How, did, did someone else show up and they like eventually merged their way over to, to the other person? I left for like an hour and a half. Once they all converged on my point and I was just like, oh my, oh my God. <laughs> Right, like I gave them all my snacks and that was gonna be the end, but they just kept following and nipping at my butt and like nipping at me. I just I just left the park <laughs> until like this swarm of tourists came in and then they're like kind of just dispersed. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. can handle four to five deer, that's no problem. I mean we're the apex predators around here, right? <laughs> but <laughs> when you're outnumbered like forty to one. Any animal is you're gonna just seem like, scary at that point. Yeah. Especially if they think you've got snackies. It was, a, it was like a very formative day for me. <laughs> if you're listening to this on the Hostel Homies Instagram account, we will have the video of Will dealing with this pack of deer. He's also pale and crying as he tells this story. <laughs>
Oh. You, you think it's going to be your last moment on Earth. This, this is it. This is, you <laughs> yeah. did it. Then I met up with Yuko in, in Osaka, and it was mm. great. She took me to her favorite sushi restaurant that her and her friends have been going to since she was like a child. Mm-hmm. And it was so nice. I had no idea what was going on. She was just like leading me on this tour around Osaka. We ended up at the sushi restaurant. The owner of the sushi restaurant just apparently loves Yuko. Like, un- undoubtedly. <laughs> he was so thrilled when she walked through the door. Yeah. And I get it because Yuko is a very close friend of mine. Mm-hmm. I mean, she even visited me here in New York and stayed here and I got to show her around. It was great. I love it when you're able to return the favor that way. Yeah, going back to to always thinking that you might never see this person again. Mm-hmm. And there's the rare instance where it actually blossoms into maybe a lifelong friendship. Mm-hmm. That's probably what I have with Yuko because Yuko's great. And Yuko, if you're listening to this, oh, you're just the best. You're the bee's knees. And I, you got to look up what that means. <laughs> the translation is not going to hit. Translation's sense. not going to hit. <laughs> Shoutouts to Yuko. Oh, that's, there's so much sushi, though. It was like a really weird point in the night where I'd be like, I'd been asking to like stop the sushi for a little while. It's so good. It's like the best sushi I've ever had, but mm-hmm. there's so much. It's just like, oh, you've got to try this. There's so much that you've got to try that at one point I was just like, I think I might yak if I have any more sushi. And I said that, but then like five pieces of sushi later, I was like, you go like you need to knock it off. Like <laughs> we can't. I, I can't, can't have anymore. I, it's like this is amazing, but I'm gonna be super embarrassed if I just throw up in this wonderful restaurant. <laughs> I think you were in you were in many positions you never thought you'd be in, including getting mauled by a back of deer and and getting to the point to where you'd said this is too much sushi. Yeah, words that I never thought I would hear myself say. Yeah, this is too much sushi. <laughs> this sounds like blast. It's blasphemy over there because it's so good. I can't even put it into words. It's just, it's so good. The sushi, it's, it's amazing. And the ramen. I had ramen every single day. And uh, the ramen out there and the sushi out there because it's more popular. I've heard this about the ramen specifically. I'm not sure about the sushi. But from what I've heard is that it is cheaper out there because it's more commonly made. Correct? Yeah. I'd like to get this straight. Mm-hmm. Japan has this stereotype of, of being expensive, especially Tokyo. Mm-hmm. But that was not my experience. Really? Yeah, if you're trying to get out there and just see what the culture is like, um, I mean, let me break it down. Like those capsule hotels, they were like $18 a night tops. Wow. That was the most that I paid. Some of them were as cheap as like $10 a night. And they're really nice. Like the accoutrement that comes into like a capsule hotel mm-hmm. is really, really, really nice and welcoming. You and a little excessive. <laughs> you get a toothbrush every day. You get mm-hmm. a razor every single day. You, one of them that I went to, I got like a, you know, one of those brushes for, for your nails. Mm-hmm. One of those every day that I was there, and I'm like, I don't need this for even one of the days. I've never used this once. Like I'm, I'm carrying like a huge backpack. Like I'm, a, I'm gonna be a dirty boy. I don't need to clean my I don't nails. Need a nail file. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's like really nice. I think the showers are really nice. It's just like Japan seemed to me, and I describe it this way all the time, like a utopia. Mm-hmm. It's immaculately clean. 
they are they are the nicest people and i think this is the best example of that um i mean i was lost perpetually mm -hmm. in japan right like i never really knew where i was going and i would ask for directions pretty frequently and this was the response every single time it wasn't like oh yeah like new york directions Oh, you're gonna to want to go up to like 40th, and you take a right, and then you're just like once you, you know, yeah, okay, you're there. <laughs> what the fuck? What? <laughs> In Japan, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll take you there. <laughs> like one time, it was a 25 minute walk, and they just they just walked you there. Yeah, it was an older Japanese man, mm -hmm. and he walked me to my destination, which was my my hostel, my capsule hotel. Mm -hmm. I just gotten into into Kyoto. I had no idea where I was going. I didn't make this known. I just said like, "Do you know where this is?" Mm -hmm. And he walked me there. And then here's the craziest thing. Uh, he said, "Thank you for letting me show you where to go." He thanked you. Yeah, and then he left. And I was kind of floored by that moment. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just such a an overwhelming kindness. Yeah, how humbling is that? Incredibly. I mean, I was kind of, I was speechless, one, because I had to process what just happened, because that's never happened before. Sure. Or usually I do the thinking. But another thing, like, I think this happened four or five times in the two weeks that I was there, is uh, it was always uh, an older Japanese man. He would just randomly approach me on the street as I was walking around, going about my day, and he would just say this. I hope you're having a very nice time in Japan, and I hope you have a nice day. Oh, wow. Like, out of the blue, and the first time I thought, like, that's just, like, happenstance, that's traveler's luck. Mm -hmm. But after, like, the fourth time, and it might have even happened more than four times, it became so normalized for me. I don't know. You got to think that it's just, like, a quirk of the culture. A quirk of this wonderful culture that I think the rest of the world should try to emulate. No kidding. It was a very, very heartwarming and formative experience for me. Do you feel like you brought any of that back with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, briefly going back to thanking someone after showing them where to go. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of the new approach that I've taken to helping people, right? It's not a one-way street when someone asks you for help it's kind of an opportunity for you mm -hmm. as much as it is for them it's a learning experience for both they were just i don't know glad that they got to meet me for that brief amount of time even if it's just like a passing experience that i don't know takes i don't know sometimes 25 minutes but mm -hmm. oftentimes when i would ask for directions it would be like oh you're like a few blocks away but they would always say, thank you, this was nice. And I'm glad that I got to help, you know? That's beautiful. Yeah, and so really when like someone asks me for help now, it's, I guess it feels like less of a burden and more of an opportunity. I don't know, it's just, it's a beautiful place. If you're listening to this and you're asking yourself, maybe I should go to Japan, I think I might like it. Just go anyways. It's going to be a heartwarming experience regardless. And I think it's impossible that you would walk away from Japan regretting that you went. 
you did a very good job of of answering all the questions that I had for you, and I didn't even have to ask them. You know that I'm a chatterbox, Joe, and I'm, <laughs> I hope I didn't talk too much. No, you I, that was absolutely beautiful. My one my one last question that I like to keep as kind of a common question throughout all the episodes is, mm-hmm. where in the world should everyone go? And this can be a city, this can be a neighborhood, this can be as specific as a park bench in a specific park. Um, the one place that I think everybody should go, uh, the Scottish Highlands, um, it's, it's a definite tie with, with Japan because they are the most wonderful, like kind human beings. It's just, it's, it's a crazy experience. I mean, when I was there and I lived there for like three months, Mm -hmm. I went into the, to the nearest village, which is like a 40 minute walk. And that was just like three roads. But after an hour of being there, someone approached me and said, Hey, uh, you're here. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like it's such a small community. Yeah. Like, I know everyone was aware that you are there. And you were an out, like you were an outsider. Like they, they would have known if you had grown up there. But I didn't feel like an outsider because they're so wonderfully kind. You know, they were just happy that I was there. You were uh, something new. You should go to the to the Highlands or anywhere that's incredibly secluded, right? Like find a community that's like grown up together and they know every like each other's business. Mm-hmm. Just show up and see what that's like. It's just kind of wild because you're welcomed with open arms and like everyone's competing to show you like hospitality. And I'm not saying you should go do that because like it's nice to like be received with open arms <laughs> and like like showed an amazing time. <laughs> you should go there and like try to put yourself in their shoes. Because that's a really, really good way of going about meeting someone. This has been Will Thompson. Thanks, man. Thank you for listening to Hostile Homies.